Hey, Valley family, remember me? It's great to be with you, uh, back with you. It's been a month, actually. That's like the longest I've gone in 30 years without uh, preaching. Uh, we had two weeks vacation, a family wedding down the south, and then, of course, uh, had the uh, mandatory 14-day quarantine when we returned. So I've been working from home last couple weeks, but uh, boy, what a great job the staff has done and uh, Pastor Randy and Pastor Stephen, you know, picking up that preaching responsibilities and uh, allowed us to really do that. And I'll be honest, I needed some time off and, and just so grateful for uh, those two weeks. And then uh, working from home was especially tough this time. Uh, but man, I am glad to be back and have kind of a special message. Uh, just stand alone, one shot this week uh, that, that I want to share with you because it is kind of September, schools are starting, even if they're virtual or in person. And, and it's kind of like a regathering time uh, for the life of our church. And, and so I want to share a special one standalone message with you today. And then next week we're starting a brand new series. I just want to mention quickly, uh, and I've actually been kind of probably four or five times through the years, literally years, thought about doing this series, and each time we put it on kind of the schedule, and then one reason or another we changed it, took it off, put something else on. I feel like the time for it is really now, and, uh, and that is starting next week, we're going to do a series for four weeks called The Daniel Dilemma, uh, how to thrive in the middle, in the midst of a culture that is anti-Christ. And we're going to be looking at Daniel in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament in Babylon and how he was able to thrive in a culture that was totally counter to everything God stands for. And if you've just kind of looked out the window lately, I, I mean, that's where we are right now uh, as a nation. I think it's going to be really, really practical for all of us. Uh, how can we continue to be the people of God that really can I put it this way? This world needs more than ever for us to be who God's called us to be. And then that's going to be a four-week series. And then after that, leading up to our election uh, coming up in November, I'm going to be doing a three-part series I've been working on called Talking Points. And, and we're going to talk about just the perfect mixture of God and politics and looking at what the Bible has to say about that. Because I think for many of us, we identify more with a political party than being a child of God. And, and being a child of God is supposed to be our identity, not a political affiliation. And, and so we're going to be looking at that, and, and I hope you just make plans, invite your friends to join us uh, for Daniel Dilemma starting next week, and, and then four weeks from now, or rather five weeks from now, uh, we'll, we'll be going into talking points. And, and so... You know, just for today, I want to talk about how we can actually continue to grow even during COVID-19. Uh, you know, I'm not alone in this. A lot of pastors really, really concerned about the spiritual growth uh, of people or that many are drifting actually away from God. And so I think that's a great question to even ask right from the start. Are you closer to Jesus Christ today than you were back in March? Is your relationship with Jesus Christ deeper today than it was when the shutdown began. And I want to share with you some real practical points how we can continue to grow, because maybe you're not growing, maybe you're drifting. And there, there's one real huge key 
to spiritual growth. And we're concerned about your spiritual health as well. That's why we offer three different options, live in person, 9-11 on Sundays, and then our microsites, so many joining our microsites. We're gonna have a number of those coming online, new ones as well, additional ones. And then joining us online campus, just like Susie and I were the last two weeks uh, while we were quarantined at home. And so we realize there's different levels of comfort, and we wanna just meet you right where you are. But the great concern, no matter what your level of comfort is, are you growing spiritually? Are you growing spiritually? And there's a huge, huge key to that, and that is that we need to understand that we're better together. We're better together. So if you want to go ahead and open up your sermon notes on the Valley Christian Church website, uh, you'll see it there. There's that guy, uh, that bald-headed guy with the beard, and that's gone, by the way, now, and my wife is really please. And so uh, you can just check valleyny.cc, the message note, little tab there. It'll take you over and you'll be able to follow along with this. I do want to mention, real excited, that our fall small groups are going to be launching really soon. Sign-ups online beginning September the 20th. Uh, We have some groups that are going to be in person, some that are going to be online only, and and all those are going to be available online on our website September the 20th. Uh, We're not doing a live in-person sign-up, but you can do that all online because because that's really the key. Small groups are what have gotten so many of us through this time and, and is really what continues to help us to grow spiritually because we're better together. Whether we can meet in those large, you know, uh, without any restrictions, we can't do that right now. We have capacity restrictions, but we can continue to grow. We can grow wider as we grow smaller in small groups and really, uh, you know, during a lot of the time that I've had uh, on vacation and even during quarantine, I've been doing a lot of reading and, and something inside of me just has brought me back to doing a lot of church history reading and research. The first 300 years of the Christian church, which by the way was a persecuted church, and, and how they flourished to the point of really overcoming the Roman Empire and outliving, outlasting not only the Roman Empire, but for 2,000 years and continues to grow as well. And so I found myself just kind of drilling down deep into a lot of church history. And, and I encourage you maybe if you, you're disillusioned and really discouraged about maybe what you see, current events and all, go back and, and, and pick up some church history books and see how Christians dealt with things much, much worse than you and I have ever seen in our lifetime uh, and how they were able to overcome each one of those. So I'm, I'm really encouraged as I've looked back at God's faithfulness for the first three centuries of the Christian church. And they didn't know even own buildings, but they met house to house. They met house to house and they recognized how important it was that they were better off together. And so this is really the first century model of small groups that we practice here as the Valley family. Uh, and, and that was that in the first, they would meet in the temple, you know, for, for a kind of worship, but then house to house would be where the ministry would actually take place. And, and so you can just find out more about our Valley groups if maybe you're new to the Valley family. Uh, we have so many, by the way, new faces we've seen even on Sundays uh, that have joined us, found us during the shutdown, and have found their way to our live services, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, and of course online as well. And we're just so thankful for the opportunity to reach you wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Maybe you're just kind of checking it out. Well, welcome today. We're glad you joined the Valley family. And so this is all the information you can find out, and this is where the sign-up will be as well, online, uh, valleyny.cc backslash groups, and there'll be descriptions, and you can join a group. 
You know, a recent study uh, in America put it this way, 40% of Americans don't have one person that they would consider they're close to relationally. 40%. That means any 10 people, four of them are incredibly lonely and feel incredibly isolated. And I think it's really important for you and I to understand that the first problem in the Bible wasn't sin. The first problem in the Bible wasn't sin, it was solitude. It was solitude. When God created everything in those six days, you know, uh, after the first day it says, and he looked out and it was good. And the second day he looked out and it was good. And, and he created more and more. And when he created man, it says, it's not good. God says it's not good that man would be alone. That's Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Before sin ever entered in humanity, solitude was never good, and it's never been good since. And so that's why it's so important that we understand this huge, incredible dynamic of spiritual health and growth, that we're better together than we are in isolation. You know, I don't know who came up with the term social distancing. I, I really wish they'd thought that through a little bit better. I, I mean, that, that is a, a PR communications nightmare, that phrase, social distancing. More accurately, it should have been physical distancing, that, that physically we have to be distant from one another. But, but socially, that, that, that's like saying cut off all contact with those around you. And I think many have done that maybe deliberately or unintentionally, and now we're seeing the results of it. Drug overdoses just through the roof in our nation right now. Suicide rate exponentially growing. Depression, alcohol consumption, all of them multiplied times over on the rise because of the solitude. Because of the solitude. A very first thing in the Bible addresses is not your sin, it's solitude. In fact, Solomon, who in the Old Testament, wealthiest man on the planet, king, uh, I mean, just, he had it all. He, he was literally the wealthiest human being on the planet in his lifetime. And look at what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter, six, uh, chapter 4, verse 8. There was a man all alone. He's talking about himself here. He wrote Ecclesiastes. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. Big lie that, that the world tells us, the more you have, the more you'll be content. That's not true at all, says the wealthiest human being in his lifetime. All of that wealth, all of that toil, all of that work, he was all alone. And by the way, <laughs> he had like, like several hundred wives. You would think, well, how could he be alone? You can be alone in a crowd. You could be alone in a crowd simple it's easy and he says for all of that king most powerful man on the planet most wealthy man loneliness gnawing on the inside the fact is you and i we need each other we need each other we need each other desperately and i want to go to a familiar passage probably of many of us uh 
On the night that Jesus is betrayed. Now, uh, let me give you a, a quick little Bible study here, or a, a Bible survey in a sense. In the New Testament, there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are called the synoptic Gospels. In, in other words, they're, they're all telling, all four are telling the stories uh, of Jesus' life from four different vantage points. The, the first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, tend to kind of sink up quite a bit. But John actually gives a very kind of different perspective, and he goes deeper in some areas than the other three gospel writers go, uh, and, and he records some stuff that the other three gospels don't mention at all. This is one of these spots where we're going to look at in John chapter 13, that John takes a number of chapters just to talk about and to relay and record this one of the last conversations that Jesus ever has with his disciples. And it takes place uh, in John 13, 14, 15, 16, and then spills over into John 17. And it all starts with the night he's betrayed when he's, they're celebrating Passover together. And after the Passover feast, Jesus re- kind of moves back from the table. He takes a towel. He wraps it around his neck, around his waist. This is a waist, not a, this is my neck. This is a waist down here. He wraps it around his waist, and, and he goes, and he takes a basin of water, and he washes the disciples' feet. And, and he goes, and he washes each of the disciples' feet, and then he comes up to Peter in John chapter 13, verse 8, and, and Peter says, no, you shall not, you shall never wash my feet. Now, it was pretty wild when you think about it. You know, they've been with Jesus. They've lived with Jesus for over three years. They've seen him heal the sick, blind eyes open, the dead have rise. I, I mean, they've seen all this miracles, feeding of the 5,000, on and on and on and on and on. And, and now Jesus says, I need to do this. And he goes, no, you, you, not my feet. I won't let you touch my feet. You know anybody like that? You can't touch my feet. It, it was like Peter just had this certain part of his life he didn't want Jesus to mess with. You know, I know a lot of people like that. They just want Jesus to be part of their Sunday morning. But they don't want Jesus to get involved with their marriage or to get in the middle of their family or to get in the middle of their money or their relationships or their fun. And so Peter's like, okay, Jesus, you can can have it all, but don't mess with my feet. The thing that really uh, is the part of my life that carries the rest of my life. That's what the feet symbolize. And Jesus answers them and says, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. He says, Peter, if you don't let me into everything, I'm not really the Lord of anything in your life. It's pretty powerful. And then he keeps the conversation going, as I mentioned. John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and then even into 17. And I want to I just share with you now, each one of those chapters has like one main theme. And I want to share with you kind of the five big ideas, and they all revolve around this whole idea of we're better together. How important 
grow, a growing relationship with Christ and with others are to our spiritual health and growth. E- even this Sunday as we giving out free masks with Valley logo because we're not only concerned about your, we're, we're concerned about your physical health, but we're also obviously, I'm mean, as your pastor, concerned about your spiritual health. I, I mean, I don't think you'll ever be able to like really wrap your head around how much, how much I pray for you, Valley family. I, I think of you, I pray for you more than your mama does. I mean, that's, that's, that's been one of the hardest things, I think, for me uh, and for Susie going through this time is just not being able to see the people we love and we care about so much because we recognize we're better together than we are in isolation. And so it's so very important. So the first thing that, that we see here in John chapter 13, the first important point is this. I need people who will care for me. You need people who will care for you as well. We've got to have people in our lives that care for us. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 13. Same idea, same story, right after the foot washing that takes place. John 13, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. And he says to them, do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. And goes on and says, now that your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now we're going to go really, really deep in this passage. This is really, really big. We're going to go really, really deep into John chapter 13 when we talk about politics because this has everything to do with politics. You're just going to have to join us for that series when it comes uh, up at the end of October. But, But here, Jesus is saying, I've set you an example that you should also do just what I've done to you. And you know what? That's how the Christian church, the first 300 years, changed and overcame the Roman Empire because they set out to do exactly what Jesus had showed them to do. Exactly what Jesus had showed them to do. And that was care for other people. To care for other people. I need people who will care for me. You need people who will care for you. And you need to care for other people. And I need to care for other people. And, and I believe as a church family, I think we do a really wonderful job, an incredible job of that, caring for other people. You know, I, I can't help but think about our uh, Spread Hope initiative. We fed 12,000 meals in, in about 90 days with our partnership with Flores Food Truck. You know what, Valley family? You did that. That was through your generosity that made that happen. 12,000 meals. Think about that when the restaurants are closed down. When, when, the, when the food supply chain is just cut off, 12,000 meals in 90 days. You did that because of your generosity. I know it was Austin and his team and a lot of you volunteering as well, but that was the Valley family doing that, caring for people. I need people to care for me. You need people to care for you, and we need to care for others as well. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 10 says, It's better to have a partner than to go it alone. Share the work, share the wealth, and if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Too bad, tough noogies. 
We were not meant to live in solitude and isolation. That's why valley groups are just the primary place, really, uh, as we've said before, that's, that's the primary place where we have our, our pastoral care flows through our valley groups. That's why we spend extensive time training our group leaders, and we've got, I think it's 20 to 30 new groups. There's some that are continuing, have continued nonstop right through the whole shutdown, have continued for years that way. But we have like 20, between 20 and 30 brand new groups that are going to be coming online that you can be a part of. And I know you want to be a part of. Because that's one of the main ways how we can really care for people. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26 puts it this way. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. You know, so there's just something about when you begin to share your life with a small group of people, and we also have like our Bible study on Tuesday nights, Pastor Dan leads, another opportunity where you can get involved, get to know people at a smaller level, the numbers are lower, you know, if we're a little worried about that, it's in person, but there's only like 10 people or 12 people, something like that. But there's something about when you begin to share your life with others, you begin to hear what they're going through and what they've overcome, it inspires us and it helps us in our spiritual growth and we care for one another. So very important because there's always someone who's going through a worse time than you are. Our world says just look at yourself, just look at your difficulty, just look at your challenge and forget everyone else. Jesus says look out and help others even in the midst of your difficulty. And so let me say this, if you're not in a group, uh, you know, we're still going to help you, but just understand, you're settling for plan B. You're saying, I don't want the best. The best is to be in a group. So that group, we train those leaders to care for others in that group. Lifting your name up in prayer on a regular basis, on a daily basis. Supporting you that way. So we're still going to care for you. But just understand, you're, you're kind of opting out of, the, could I put it, the gold plan. You're like, no, no, I'll, I'll have plan B instead. And let me just say this, and many of you are still in groups. Your groups are continuing. You're, you're going to join groups. And let me just real practically say this. Keep your group leader informed of your care needs. What's going on? What's really happening there? Because we're there to meet need. We want to help meet those needs. One group even helping another. Here's the second thing, now into John chapter 14. Second thing Jesus says, still in this whole conversation, I need people that will encourage me. We all need people that will encourage us. Here it is, John chapter 14, Jesus is continuing to talk and he says this, do not let your hearts be troubled, trust in God, trust also in me. We need to be encouraged, every one of us. I get discouraged, I get down. You know, one thing I will say is this, that, that, that real early on when the shutdown happened and all this, Susie and I made the determination we're, we're, we're not going to just go dark. And so we have regularly and consistently, not because we're pastors, just because we're Christians, reached out to people in our church family. How are you doing? What's going on? How can I help? We needed that for ourselves, to encourage other people, to lift them up. And I'm not a big phone guy, but man, I've been texting. How you doing? What's going on? Hey, what's the latest? How's the family? How are they handling this stress? You know, all this. 
that's who we're supposed to be because it's too easy, could I put it this way, to read the front page or hear the headlines and our hearts are troubled because we're not going to God first and we need a brother or sister to encourage us. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be afraid. Trust in God, Jesus said, trust also in me. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, the Bible says, encourage one another daily. See, it's not supposed to be just a Sunday thing. It's a relationship every day. Encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encouraged daily. And so I encourage you, if you haven't done that, when you, when you join a small group and, and you meet together, some online, like I said, some in person, one of the first things I just encourage you to do is exchange phone numbers and regularly check in on one another. It's, it's just amazing when, when I'm in the middle of, of uh, busyness or something like that, and my phone to do do And it's, it's a friend of mine saying, hey man, I just want to let you know I'm thinking about you. How you doing? It's so encouraging to me. I have friends that are pastors. I do it with them. They do it to me. Got a friend of mine reached out from Cayman Islands just yesterday. Hey, Greg, how you doing? How's the church? Germany. Moldova. Checking in on each other. Encouraging one another. We all need encouragement. Third thing is this. Now John chapter 15. John 15, conversation continues. I need people who will partner with me. I need people who will partner with it. You need people who will partner. Let me put it this way. You'll never fulfill your God-given purpose in solitude. I'll never fulfill my God-given purpose solo, by myself. We need one another. We need partners. The power of partnership, we can accomplish so much more. In fact, look at it. in John chapter 15, Jesus is going on. He says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Did you hear that? Jesus said that. You cannot bear fruit for God. You cannot grow spiritually on your own. You can't do it. You can't do it. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. A growing relationship with Jesus is the first relationship that we need then he goes on and says i am the vine you are the branches if a man remains in me and i in him he will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing in isolation you can't do anything we need to partner and i love this as as jesus saying you need to be in me connected to me but then the bible talks about all again all these one another verses. i think there's 32 or something like that in the new testament love one another forgive one another encourage one another bear one another's burdens it just goes on and on and on that's how we grow spiritually in relationship with one another first with jesus and then with others and look at this i was i was studying this verse this popped off the page i never thought about this before heard this so many times i've preached on this but ephesians chapter 2 verse 20 the bible says for we are god's workmanship it doesn't say you That's not singular, personal pronoun. He, she, we, not I, not me. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for what? Us to do. The power of partnership. 
God has prepared good works for us to do, Valley family, for, for us to do together and partnering together. You know, I, again, I think uh, there's, there's not a better example of that than, than, than when this shutdown happened. If, if, if I, you know, said to Susie, hey, let's, uh, let's, let's try to make 12,000 meals and help people. It never would have happened, y'all. But it's the power of partnership, not only in the Valley family, but partnering with Austin and Danielle Flores, Flores Food Truck, 12,000 meals. And listen, I'm not even counting how many bags of groceries we delivered, the supplies that we delivered. I mean, it just goes on and on. That's just the meals, just 12,000 meals. The power of partnership. So much so, I, I mean, we don't want to stop, and we're not, we're, there's continual, it's not a, the flood, the wave of need as intense as it was. But as a staff, we've been talking about this and, and, and really praying about this, and we've just set a time, and I want to encourage you as your group, when you join a group, or maybe you're a part of a group, uh, we're, we're going to call this on November the 21st, Spread Hope Day. Spread Hope Day, and, and we're going to have a lot of opportunities all on November the 21st uh, for us to come out together. Some in the morning, some groups can come, some in the, the later part of the afternoon, Saturday the 21st, uh, where we're going to go into some of these areas, and we're already contacting our community contacts because of what we did during the, the shutdown and seeing what their needs are. And, and we're going to have a day where we just spread hope as a Valley family together. We're going to have a T-shirt for every single person that comes out uh, so that it just says Spread and Hope Valley, you know, logo on there. You're going to get a free T-shirt as well. But on November the 21st, so I hope you'll make a plan for that. Just, not, just jot that down right now. Leave that clear in your calendar because we're going to spread hope like this concerted partnering together effort to make a difference. And I'll tell you something, you'll never sleep so good as you will on the evening of November 21st because you, you took a step to help someone else practically, to spread hope. It's going to be a great day. It's also my birthday, uh, so it's going to be a great day for that reason uh, as well. So go ahead and mark that on your calendar. Keep it free. And then as your group, as your Valley Small group, come on out to spread hope. You're going to be hearing a whole lot more about those opportunities we have on November the 21st. Jesus continues the conversation. Now in John chapter 16, and it says, I need people who will protect me. I need people who will protect me. John chapter 16, verse 1, Jesus put it this way. All of this I have told you so that you will not go astray. He, he's telling them, you need each other. You need, to keep, you, you need to care for one another. You need to encourage one another. You need to partner with one another. This is the same conversation right after he washed their feet. And now he's saying, you need people that will protect you. He said, I, I've told you these things so you, you don't go astray. This, this word right here, astray, is pretty interesting. Uh, it, in the original language of the New Testament that was written in, that is a, a biblical kind of Greek, this word astray is actually the Greek word scandalon. It's where we get our word scandal from. All this I've told you so that you will not go into a scandal. That, that, that you won't, there's a danger in just drifting. That's why that question I started with is so important. Are you closer in your, to, in your relationship with Jesus Christ today than you were back in March? 
or are you drifting? Let me encourage you, even an online campus, just a real practical thing for your family, although we show it every two hours, you know, all week long, decide as a family what time you're going to watch the online campus every single week and stick to it. Let that be the priority. If it's Sunday at 9, if it's Sunday at 11, if it's Sunday at 7, what time as a family are we going to watch and never miss the online campus? Why? Because it's too easy to drift, to go astray. And then you find yourself in scandalous behavior because it's just fit God in when it's convenient. I need people who will protect me. You need people who will protect you in your life. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12, it says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But when two stand back to back, uh, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For triple braided cord is not easily broken. Let me ask you a question. Who's got your back? And it's a beautiful picture here of, of back to back. It's not someone watching your back. It is someone sitting back to back so you can see what's in front and they can see what's behind or vice versa. Who's got your back? And three are even better because now you've got like the whole panorama just back to back to back. Who's got your back? By the way, this is, this is like the three or even better triple braided cord is not easily broken, you know, will conquer back to back and all. Uh, this, by the way, if you didn't notice it, uh, this is the first neighborhood watch program right here in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. Just watching out for each other. Real practical, allow someone to ask you the hard questions. Hard, hard questions like, how are you doing in your relationship with your spouse? Are you starting your day with Jesus Christ in prayer, in God's word? I'll just say this, and it's my own personal experience. I have uh, been pastoring now for over 30 years. I have never had someone ask me for some sort of spiritual advice that uh, has a flourishing devotional life. It's never happened. I, I've never had someone that's come to me for some sort of relationship advice from, Bib, from the Bible that has a flourishing devotional life, growing daily in their relationship with Christ. I've never seen it. We need someone to ask us the hard questions. Who is it that you've opened your life up to? And not only if they ask, but you open your life up to and say, this is what's going on in, inside of me. And I don't know what to do. I, I'm so thankful that I've got a group of men that I've developed that relationship with over the years. Some in the church, some other Christian leaders that are outside the church that I open my heart and my life up to, to ask me those questions. And sometimes I make the phone call and just say, listen, I'm struggling, I need your help. And you know what? That has helped me more than I can ever quantify to continue to grow spiritually even after 30 years of ministry. 
And I'm going to finish strong because of that. It doesn't happen by accident. It has to be intentional. It has to be deliberate. It has to be a decision. Hey, can I call you? Will, will, will you talk to me? Will you, will you help me to see my blind spots? Because we've all got them. And if there's not a number of people in your life that you have given that freedom to, let me just put it this way, you're in trouble. If you're the only one that knows your secrets, you're in trouble. You're in real trouble right now. You're, you're in more trouble than you realize right now. If you're the only one that knows your, your secrets, what's really going on inside? Isolation, solitude, it is not good. It is not healthy. And it is not helpful. Here's the fifth thing Jesus says in this ongoing conversation after he washes the disciples' feet where he says to Peter, you need to open every area of your life, not, not just most of it, all of it to me. I need people who will pray with me. And as I've said so many times through the years, there's a big difference between praying for someone and praying with someone. With has to do with proximity. For, you can pray for anyone, anytime, anywhere. But praying with someone. John chapter 17. Jesus is praying. This is kind of crazy. Look at this. John chapter 17. This is like Jesus is praying now right before he's taken in the garden. He is such anguish. The Bible says that he's praying and it says the great uh, sweats of blood is coming from his head. That's how impassioned he is. Look at what he prays. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and he prayed, I pray for them. Who's the them? He's going to tell us. This is crazy. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me. Jesus said, I'm not praying for everybody. I'm praying for those, God, that you know will receive me. That's who I'm praying for. I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's such passionate prayer it's like the capillaries in his head were just bursting blood. We need to pray for, absolutely, but also pray with. You know what they were doing at the time? The disciples, they were sleeping. This is when he said, couldn't you stay awake for one hour? They were sleeping. He's praying for them, they're sleeping. But it's so interesting there that he says, I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for, for humanity. I, I'm praying for those that you've given to me for those who will receive me. I love this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. The Bible says, prayer is essential. We've heard a lot about essential workers, you know, jobs and tasks that are essential during the shutdown. Ephesians 6, 18, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. We're in a spiritual battle. Prayer, pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. And so it's so important that you and I regularly pray for other people, other followers of Christ, and what they're going through. That our focus and our attention is not just on me, but how about John that I'm sharing my life with? How about, how about Chris? How about Tom? That, that, that I know they're going through this difficulty. Oh, no, they just lost a loved one, you know, and they can't even go to the funeral. You know, they can't see him. They can't say goodbye. This has just happened... All kinds of different experiences like this over the last few months. Pray for them. Pray with them in relationship. 
to others. I, I got to say this also, uh, you know, just having kind of a month and not preaching and vacation and then quarantine, I am so thankful for my prayer team, the pastor's prayer team at this church that has just been praying me through the last few months because it's been the toughest six months in the last 30 years. Easily. Easily. But I'm so thankful Pat Farley heads up the pastor's prayer team and, and, and you know he'll, he'll email me, hey, hey Greg, anything we can pray for and I'll send him a list. And, and folks that are committed to praying for me have just given me so much strength. You know, I, I kind of think everybody needs a prayer team. People we're praying for and they're praying for us as well. Because we're better together. And, and when you join a group coming up in just a couple weeks, share prayer needs and cover one another in prayer. And it's talking about prayer. You know, prayer is such a big part. It should be a big part of every one of our lives as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a big part of the life of our church. Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. And we have been doing prayer live on Facebook all through this. And a big shout out to Pastor Steve and Pastor Randy have just really held that up and just consistent through all this. Even when we had daily evening prayer as well and daily devos. And, and just thrilled to make this announcement. Saturday, uh, a prayer returns. Saturday prayer in person, October 3rd here at 8 a.m. The rest of the Saturdays in September, it's going to be online on Facebook at 8 a.m. But beginning October 3rd, we're going to open up the church again. We just feel like it's time. Everyone, you got to wear a mask, okay? And we can easily uh, physically distance from one another. Uh, we don't want a social distance. We don't want a spiritual distance, but we can physically distance from one another in the building. And we're going to continue uh, live now once again as we did it before, uh, the same format, 8 a.m., in-person, Saturday prayer. So excited about that. You know why I'm so excited about it? Because I believe this with everything in me. We are better together. You and I are better together. We grow stronger in our faith in Christ together. Not in solitude not in isolation. We were made for relationship. And it all starts with the relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and because of his sinless life and his sacrificial death for you and me on the cross, that he paid the price for our personal sins and his resurrection from the dead, we can be forgiven of our sins because of his life, his death, and his resurrection and come into a right relationship with God, and it changes the relationships that we have with others. And together we grow stronger in our faith because of our relationships together. I'm gonna ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for the opportunities that you have given to us right on the horizon. And Lord, I also thank you for your faithfulness to us, Lord, over the past few weeks and months, Lord, even in the middle of a difficult pandemic. It's been challenging. 
But Lord, we've made it through this far together. And Lord, we know we're going to make it through anything and everything together as your people. So God, I pray that you just help us. Some of us just need courage, Lord, to take that step to, to, to begin to open our hearts up and our lives up to a handful, just a handful of other people in, in Valley Small Groups. Lord, give us the courage to do that so that we can continue to grow stronger and deeper in our spiritual health and be just as concerned about our spiritual health as we are, Lord, even our physical health during a time like this. Thank you, Lord, that we're better together because of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.